You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 112, and today we're talking about the sales process, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to another Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm here with my wonderful co-host for another Thursday, Tim Hyde. Welcome, Tim. Hi, Sam. I'm delighted to be here again. Delighted. Delighted. How wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had a really good week, actually, and I'm looking forward to today's episode. We're going to drill right down into how, as a follow-on from, from our last episode, um, on actually how to sell your program. Absolutely, about sales conversations. Yeah, I think, what, but, you know, I guess as a, as a preface to the sales conversation, something I, you and I have both been talking about off-air quite a bit over the last week is some very weird responses we get from some people. Yes, actually, <laughs> right. let's touch on these because I think it would be really helpful for other people to understand that maybe they, without even realising it, might be doing this and how funny it sounds or how it can potentially turn people away from you yeah. or repel people because... Yeah, uh, yeah I think it's an important one to, to recognise because it actually does play into some of the sales conversation in some way, right? And that is that it is a little bit of a numbers game. But you've also got to be kind of like human. <laughs> I was going to use exactly the same word. I was just about to pop in with human. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like and, we're and real people. Yeah, this is a real risk, I guess, where you use the kind of auto response that you that you sometimes get in in some of the sort of apps in Facebook and LinkedIn. You know, you can have that little auto responder. Um, and even if you're using a VA to create leverage in your conversation, you know, a really good example was one that I had this week where I said, "Hey, I'll change his name here. Let's make it John." All right, thanks for connecting. What's the best way I can help you right now? And the response was thanks. And then I kind of tried to continue the conversation. So like, I love your profile, a question about it. And the next one was thanks as well. And it kind of very like, am I being stonewalled here and, and what one? But I think that kind of from a sales perspective, the message is that not everyone will respond to you and just go on to the next one. And I know you had a very similar situation. <laughs> so I had a really, <laughs> really interesting conversation. Well, actually... Yeah, I guess it was a conversation where someone reached out to me to connect. They reached, uh, let me just say, I want to repeat that. They reached out to me and I sent them back a, a message that said, thanks, great to connect, you know, and as I do with all my LinkedIn connections, I said, you know, I'd love to jump on a quick call and learn more about you. I use LinkedIn as a networking tool, so I like to treat it like I would be in a networking meeting where I actually chat to someone. Now, the response I got from him was, uh, thanks, but I don't have time <coughs> to have a chat with you. I have 11,000 connections and I've got a baby that sleeps in my 11, office. 11, and so I don't have time to chat. And I just sent back, no worries at all. Totally get it. You know, congratulations on being a new father and, you know, some, some little small talk and, you know, congratulations on being a dad. 
I thought that would be where it ends, but no, then it comes back. So what I would like to do is jump on a call and discuss how I can help you with your lead generation. To which I replied, are you making that call in a different office? <laughs> it went downhill from there. <laughs> it went a little downhill from there. <laughs> and look, I would encourage everyone to have more conversations just in general. More conversations equals more opportunities. And that's going to be more for business. The more people we talk to, the bigger your business will get. But you will get some really interesting and weird ones from sometime. I had another one a few years ago where I did a very similar thing. She reached out to me. I said, thanks very much for connecting. I don't recall if it had a little connection message with it or not at this, this stage. But I said, thanks very much for connecting. Just curious now where you came across my profile. And then she said, oh, we had some mutual connections. I've gone, fabulous, awesome. Same as you, Sam. Love to learn a little bit more about what it is you do and, and how you help people. And then uh, I was a little bit taken aback when the message came back and said, oh, I don't, wasn't, don't want to talk about business. I'm not here to talk about business. Oh. Yes. And then she said, well, I'll, well, I'll un unconnect with you then. Well, that's oh. what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so our little, our little takeaway is just remember that there's real people on the other side of the screen or, well, yeah, the screen on your phone, on your, on your laptop, or on your desktop, and engage with people. Yeah. 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 If, if at any point we're moving through people to a journey, we've got to be sort of top of mind with them. We want to build kind of some form of rapport and connection. That's the real second stage. You know, that leads to then trust and then trust leads to the opportunity to do some work together in whatever capacity that work together is going to be. Absolutely. Right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a customer, right? There might be a joint venture partner. We know that one of the stages of growth, we need to find joint venture partners. That might be a referral partner, whatever it happens to be. Right? It's not just could be a potential staff member as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, or business partner down the yeah. track. Yeah, you so, just don't know where it's going to be. <clears throat> so don't assume that you're trying to sell everyone into your product or your program. More just think, I want to create a connection to learn how I can help serve this person. Yeah, absolutely. Had another one of those just this week. Not really, I'm not really interested in your services right now. I don't have a need for them. I've gone, that's good because I hate to think that I could solve a problem that you don't think you have. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're like, you're going to have a bit of fun, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely, you have to. Sales conversations, Tim. That's what well, we're talking about we today. Are, we are. And I think this is, you know, this flows into, I think actually flows into the salesperson, right? Because we're going to qualify people in based on our ability to work with them, right? Mm -hmm. And if we're not sort of being true to our personality, we're going to find at some point later on there's going to be this disconnect. Yeah. So I think the first thing is that, and I would encourage everybody to listening to, to think about this in your business, just because we're in business doesn't mean we need to be boring and scripted and buy the book every single time. A hundred percent. If I tried to be boring and not laugh, it would not work. <laughs> Anyone that's been with a sales call with me knows that we do have a lot of fun <laughs> because that's who I am. So I think that that's part of it. You need to be authentic to who you are. Yeah. The second thing I think that I see so often, and particularly with new business owners that holds them back, is that you've got to own being a salesperson. Right? We talked about this on the last episode, people having cotton wool mouth and <laughs> just like blah, blah, not being able to get it out. Yeah, look, you know, if you're on a sales floor, guess what? You're in, you're in sales. Everybody lives by selling something, right? Whether yes. it be ideas or products or services, 
or getting the kid to clean up their bedroom. I was just about to say, any mum with a two-year-old or any dad with a two-year-old will know that you have to be the (laughs) ultimate salesperson. (laughs) So get it out of your head that being in sales is some kind of sleazy, horrible, I really hate selling kind of thing. You're in sales, okay? Mm. If you're in business, you are in sales. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you've got to own and accept that. But it's not forcing people to into something that they're not otherwise interested in. And the process I think we're going to take you through today will hopefully kind of open your eyes up. So all we're doing really over here is actually creating opportunities to people to buy something from us that will help them. Exactly what you just said. I'm going to put it in a different in a different frame so that everyone can understand what it is that you just said, Tim, because this is the most important part. We need to think it's not about us making the sale. It's about us serving them or our prospects. So at, at this point that we're going into a sales conversation, it's not about us at all. We're purely there to serve and solve their problem. And I think that's where so many people stumble right out of the blocks. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. It's not selling something. It's not like walking past someone in the street and you can sort them struggling with some, you know, a heavy load of, of supermarket bags and you can help them and you go, hey, would you like help? And they go, yes. And we say, well, uh, I don't want to anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly, that is beautiful. Just think about that, guys, next time that you're going into a, a potential sales conversation that someone's asked for help and you've just, you've offered them help, that's your marketing, and then they say, yeah, cool, let's take the next step. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, because they are going to sit literally sit there and go, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. No, well, no, they actually won't. They will, what they will do is go to your competitor because yeah, they still want their problem solved. That's right. They'll just go somewhere else. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. I'll go somewhere else. Okay, so let's let's go through it. All right, and this is we've talked about this process, and I think every sales process that you look at, there are lots. Everyone's got their own take on it. You need to find, I guess, something that is going to work for you. And we're not going to go down into individual scripts here. Right? I think no. that's something you'll have to kind of come up with yourself. And there's plenty of, sort of resources out there. Yeah, but just generally through the process, I think for that you and I agreed, Sam, that the, the the place we start has to be around some form of pre-qualification of that prospect. Now, our marketing is doing this for us already yes. in some way, but I think we need to take that one step further and do that pre-qualification to say, you know, are you the right fit for this particular product of the conversation? We're, we're about to do that. Now, I, I know you do this on a, on a phone call, but tell me more about that. Okay, so, and I'm going to give cred here to Taki Moore. This, I learned this through him, his triage call process. It's just like when you're at the hospital, when you go to the, you know, the emergency nurse and they give you a different colour card to let you know either, you know, you're going to have to sit there for a really long time or you've got an express entry to go see the doctor. And that's what that triage call is about. So it's just a 10-minute call. I usually do it in seven to 10 minutes just with a few questions just to find out what their issues are and is it even worth having this conversation? Is it something that's urgent for you now to fix or is it something that you might potentially think about in 12 months' time? Because if it's something that's not urgent to you now, then there's no point having this conversation because time is money. I've got other things that I need to be doing. You know, you might find out that that person's got no money. You At that point, you can just give them some free resources and say, hey, look, is it okay if I give you a call in four weeks or six weeks just to see how you've gone? So it's, re- it's really pre-qualifying, you know, is it worth having a longer conversation? Yep. Now, I'm curious why you would not in that stage then roll on straight into the sales conversation with someone if they do meet your qualification process. 
Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. And it all comes down to what my mindset's like at the time, how busy I am. Because if I'm not in the right frame of mind and I've got someone booked in right afterwards and it means that I'm going to have to rush that sales call, then that's, you know, that's no good. The other thing is, and I think this is really important part, and this is why it's very rare that I do roll into it, very rare, is that you know, you're giving someone, you've already started to ask questions of this prospect, they're able to go away and they're able to start thinking about it. And it actually brings this sense of not scarcity, but you know, it makes them really hungry for more. So they're more likely to go through the the sales call and open up more, which is exactly what we need them to do as, you know, a sales call is almost like, you know, a coaching call, I guess essentially in a different way it's not a straight out coaching call but we need them to be vulnerable so that we can understand exactly what their problems are yeah absolutely so i do a very similar process i just do it with a questionnaire that i send to the customer and say hey look before i call you know can it really help me if you fill out this quick questionnaire can find out a bit more about your business and see whether a good fit yeah perfect so you know either either way we are both doing some form of pre-qualification to say are you the right fit are you ready and even asking questions in there like you know hey do you have the budget is it a problem for you to fix right now you know how can we best help you in this yeah right? yeah totally. so those, those sorts of things i think are really valuable i think one of the, the next steps and, and probably the one that i would encourage everyone to do you know when we start that sales call is acknowledge how they got to that point absolutely we really should be saying, hey, thanks for doing that previous positive action. Yes. So this is what we're going to cover. And then obviously the sort of outro at the end. But saying, hey, look, thanks for filling out the questionnaire. It was great to chat to you the other day on the, you know, on our quick call. Appreciate you coming back and joining me again. We're actually sort of acknowledging, you're kind of creating that positive sense of emotion. And I think if we don't start the sales call with that kind of acknowledgement, we kind of lose an opportunity to put them in the right frame of mind. Absolutely. So we're really setting the scene. Thanks for coming. This is how the call is going to work. So that's like really creating that space where they can breathe because they've got safety, knowing where they are. And then I don't know about you, Tim. I've got a specific question at this point that I ask. And it's why me, why now? And it's just a really great pre-framing question to have people really recall why they're here and why they're talking to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you don't think you don't do that, you sort of say, well, what's the relationship here, right? So what's it, why is this important to you? Why is it important that we have this conversation today? And if we're not framing it in that, that mindset, right, we're sort of going, well, I'm here for shits and giggles, right? <laughs> I'm here because I thought I was going to buy a donut. Yes. Right? Yeah. Oh, doing? okay. Well, hey, you know, wrong call. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not going to work out for you. Right? So it's, it's almost that reinforcement of the, the qualifier and, and starts to create desire in your prospect to go on to the next stage of the conversation. Mm. We, we've got to be the prize, right? What we Absolutely. do has to be the prize. And we have to create, they have to want it more than we want to have to sell it. Yes. So that, Absolutely. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if, if they don't want it enough, they're almost never going to buy. And we're going to find we get to this end. I think this is that coming back to that, that point we made earlier is why we often feel like we're selling to people and pushing our product on them is that we want the outcome more than they want the product. Yes, right? absolutely. And, and all because we just haven't framed the conversation to say, well, you know, why do you want to work with me? Totally. So once we've done the pre-qualification, we've got the pre-frame, now it's really getting into the, the crux of what's happening. We need to understand where they are now first, 
the challenges that they're having and the impact that they're getting because of those things. And I know that you've put in here, it's about stretching the gap, stretching the gap between what they want and what they don't have. And you're constantly, it's like an accordion, you're going sort of in and out with between what they want and what they don't have because people need to understand exactly what it is that they're not getting due to the actions that they're making. Because whilst that seems completely logical, it never is. Would you agree with that, Tim? Like you get it, people just can't see the gap. Like we're the experts, we can, but they can't. Well, again, we've, we've taken that journey, right? Yeah. Many of us, you know, we're on the top of the mountain and we can see the path, right? Because we've taken it. We've taken all the pitfalls. We've taken the, the right path at times. They can't see it from below, right, from, from where they are. They just don't have the benefit of our experience to know what to do next. And if we can do that, we can stretch the gap and say, well, you're over there right now. What does that What does that mean to you? You want to get over there. What happens if you don't get there? Right? It's important to kind of recognise as well and, and ask questions, not only kind of in the affirmative, but the negative as well, right? So yes. you know, if you do this, what would it, you know, if we were to do this for you right now, what would it mean to you, right? Yeah. If what you, will it give you? What will it give you? Now, what's, what's the transformation? We talked about that transformation a second ago. What's the transformation it will make for you if you do this? And what's the impact on you if you don't do this right now? Yeah. If someone's on a call that's a busy parent and they haven't got their automation sorted out and they're in their business grinding away, the person that's on the call doesn't really care about the automations, but they care about the fact that they're either not going to see their child or they are going to go and see their, you know, their Christmas play. That, that's a big thing. That's the life-changing piece. So it's not what we're selling. It's about what that solution gives them. Yeah. Now, I think the interesting thing here is we've actually not talked about our program at all. Oh, and we're not going to be talking about our program for a very long time. Right? <laughs> but we haven't actually, you know, but, but, but the thing that we sell at this point in the sales conversation, we haven't actually started and saying what it is. Right? And I think if you find yourself, you know, at any point in the, literally probably the first half of your sales call telling people what it is that you do, right? you've gone from, you know, consultative selling mode into kind of prescriptive selling mode telling people what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? And I think even at this point, you know, as you sort of stretch this out and say, you know, what's that going to mean to you? What's it, you know, what will it, what's the impact? What's the transformation this will create for you if you were to do something? And I think that's important language to say, look, if we were to work together and achieve this transformation, what would that mean to you? Right? We haven't actually said when or if or anything like that, right? You're still being the prize. And I think by then at that stage, you're kind of using it as a little bit of a qualifier as well. Mm-hmm. not saying when you do it. And I know some salespeople might say, well, you know, use the presumptive close method and say, when we do this together. Yeah. I still think in here it's, it's still important to kind of almost on the same side of the counter. Yes. Right? Rather than the counter between you and say, well, the product's between me and you, but let's come, let me bring you around to the same side of the counter and I'll stand next to you and let's evaluate what's going on in your business, in your life and the transformation we could create together. We're kind of on the same team now. Yes, Absolutely. Right? And I find that a far more effective method for me. And I know, Sam, that's very much what you do as well. Absolutely. And assuming the sale, Tim, I mean, this is something, especially like in the 80s, it was like you've always got to assume the sale. And it was, you know, when I very first went into business, this was something that I was taught or, you know, that was being bandied around. You always have to assume the sale. I'd love your take on this. I think that's a little bit presumptive. I mean, the process we're going through, again, if we assume the sale, we start to change our language Uh a bit and we start to be a little bit more aggressive. And I think Uh that comes across to our prospects that 
we've been pushing, right? And people people love to buy. They don't like being sold to. Yes. And if we look at how we like to buy ourselves, whether it be a new car, whether it be a packet of Tic Tacs, whether it be consulting services from someone to help us grow our business, um, we love to buy those services, but we don't like being sold to. And yeah. the assumption around I am going to make this sale, it's a good mindset to have, but it changes our language and starts when we start to be a lot more aggressive yeah. language about saying, well, why aren't you going ahead with this? Yeah. Again, I, I think it goes back to what I said at the beginning that I think that when we assume the sale, it's almost like, you know, imagine that we were going to a doctor's office and the doc, you know, you walk in and the doctor just hands you a script and you're like, huh, what? I haven't even told you what's wrong with me. I haven't even told you my symptoms. That's essentially what it's like. You know, you wouldn't expect to have that happen at the doctor or, you know, if that did happen, you'd be thinking, uh, I think I need to go find myself a new doctor. And yep. I, I think that this is the same, you know, we're not here to tell someone what they need. We're here to listen to the problems that they're having and then prescribe accordingly. Yeah. I think the, the, the sort of next station that, and, and certainly we want to get into this point where we, I've got written a note here, we shut up. Yeah. Right? Ask the question, let your, let your prospect talk and explore it, right? interject where you need to and say, hey, well, well, why is that important to you? What would that mean to you? Yeah. Yes, you can do that. Oh, and if, if we were to wave a, wave a magic wand and in 12 months' time, what would that look like for you? Okay. Yeah. And if you can do those corny ones if you want to. I think the, the thing that we want to kind of get to is is when you've kind of discovered the symptoms, as, as you, I think, aptly put it here, when you've discovered the symptoms, I think the next transition is to sort of say, would you like to know a little bit about what we do? Yeah. Like you've got to sort of ask permission to take over the conversation. Absolutely. And uh, it needs to be clear, however you put it, whether, you know, would you like to hear more about how I can help or, you know, whatever it is. But I really like, you, you say shut up, I say listen, essentially the same thing. But you ask that question and then it doesn't uh, matter how long the silence is, you do not speak next. <laughs> that's, that's right. It can be very awkward. You know, 40 seconds of silence is a really, really short time. <laughs> well, the, the reason I say that is it, because when you're on the phone, you can't see someone and you've just asked them a whole heap of questions. Their brain's like going as fast as they can. And if you interject, they may have been in the middle of a thought process. They're trying to download and make sense of everything that's just happened in the last half an hour or so. And if you jump in, you're actually changing their thought process. You know, so that's why it's really important that we just listen and shut up. Yeah, put yourself on mute if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think we need to make that segue between them talking and then getting us permission to say, look, I've got some thoughts, you know, it would it be okay if I share those with you? And that's where we can start to get into saying, hey, well, like, I think you're going to be a really good fit for our program or I think you know, we need to develop something, you know, custom and bespoke for you. Or I think that, you know, hey, my program probably isn't really a good fit for where you're at right now. But what I can do is recommend you to someone else in your network. You know, that's your opportunity to kind of, again, you sort of take, it's almost an elongated triage where you're now sort of pointing at the next thing, which then I go, oh, well, that's actually going to solve my problem. You've actually given it some thought. And the interesting thing about that long pause there. It not only lets them get their thought process in mind, it also makes you appear like you're thinking about what the next step is as well. And say, you know, hey, thanks very much. You've given me a lot to think about. You know, I reckon this is the way we should you know, proceed. Okay. And when you start going into this next stage, I think this is where we can actually start to talk about what our program does, but not in the 
detail. No, we need to get the why piece right first. Like, why are we here? Why are we having this conversation? What are the, you know, why are these problems hurting your business? And if you don't get the why right, you can't go into the what. Like, this is what we're going to do together. That can't yeah, happen. To, to get to you where you want to go. So it's why first, what second. Yeah, yeah. And we talked in the last episode about how to design your program. This is where I think you sort of come back and keep this at a high level, not necessarily go down to deliverables. And the mistake I see with lots of salespeople is we get right down into the detail of the process. No one cares that you've got a Facebook group and you're going to have that in there. No one cares that there's six worksheets and three things and, you know, two of those and it's five pages long and, you know, there's 15 emails in this campaign, right? That's where we come back to that high-level, almost modular kind of thing where we're designing our program. We go back to that high level and say, look, in module one, we've got this program. It's 12 modules long. This is the sort of rough outline of what it is we do. And I think it's important here that we actually quantify the transformation Yes. Each module will have. Yes. You mentioned this as being important to you, and, and this is how we normally tackle this within this program. How would that, you know, let's let's quantify that, with what it would mean for you. Okay. What I really love is when you're stepping out, or what I love to do when you're stepping out your modules um, as you're, you know, presenting it to your prospect is to start off that way and interject it wherever it's appropriate depending on the conversation that you've had but very much and this is what happens in module this is the transformation that happens and then we take that and we move it into module two and then because we've already had that transformation we're now adding this and helping them to understand how that works for them to fill the gaps they've previously struggled with yeah absolutely okay and that's where we come back to that thing if we can start to get our quantify our customer unless to that prospect at this stage, uh, they're very quickly becoming our customer <laughs> to quantify the transformation that we'll make. So if in my module one, where we look at leads and we would increase your leads by 30% over the next six months, what would that mean for you? Okay. How many, you, you said you're getting about 100 now. So what would an extra 30 leads a month get? Oh, that would be great. That would make a massive difference, right? Okay, well, that's, what sort of massive difference would that mean? You know, let's write that down. Right? If it's more sleep, I'd be able to get an extra hour of sleep or not. I'd stop billing at my husband so much. I, that was a good one for everybody, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, I'd grow my business by 50%. I'd be able to get through this barrier that I haven't been able to get through previously. Well, what would that, you know, what would that mean for you? Right? If we can get them to quantify that impact, and I would strongly encourage people to get people to write it down, not just think about the transformation, not just get your prospect to think about the transformation, but get them to actually write it down. So grab a bit of paper. Let's write that down. Da, 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 right now, whether you're writing it down or they're writing it down, I think it's more powerful if they do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Because now what they're doing is they're actually writing down the transformation and that has a greater impact, just like writing down your goals. Yeah, absolutely. Love right? it. Right? So they're now writing down the transformation they're going to get from the thing. And if we can get them to kind of you know buy into that transformation, the more we can get them to buy into that transformation and writing it down is fabulous because it makes it more tangible. Yes, and the more tangibility we create, the more attachment we create to that outcome, the more likely they are to go, Sam, let's do it. And then at that point, that is when we explain the how, not until yeah. the very end. And this is where a lot of people start their conversation. And this is only a little tiny bit that comes at the end. And I don't know about you, Tim, but I've even had people sign up to programs where they haven't even known what it actually is and they haven't even known the price. Yeah, just sign me up because they're just like, I just want that transformation. Sign me up. Cool. Take a credit card. By the way, how much is it? <laughs> so if you get it right, people will really understand what it is that they're going to 
get and we're not talking about the actual product or program because that's not really what you're selling. You're selling the transformation. Yeah. And then how you do it. And that's why I think if we, if we stay out of the detail, you know, a big mistake I see so many salespeople make is we get straight down into the detail of our program. So thanks for joining sales call. This is what you're buying. Yeah. And when you do that, you lose people straight away. Absolutely. However, once we've had people sign up, I think it's really important to help them understand what the next steps are because especially when we're buying a service more so than a product because with a product you're generally getting something tangible straight away when you've got a when you're selling a service you don't and the buyer's remorse can come in very very quickly so to negate this just saying you know congratulations really great to have you on board I'm really looking forward to working with you to achieve you know xyz this is what's going to happen next. My assistant's going to reach out with a calendar link, book in, we're going to do this, put together your, you know, your 90 day plan, then we're going to do this, make sure you put this in your calendar, just so that they understand and they're super excited, they're putting things in their calendar already, they know exactly what's coming and happy days. Yeah, and that, look, that's really that kind of onboarding process. In fact, we should do a whole episode on onboarding process. But it is about pre-framing in just the same way that we, you know, into the into the beginning of the sales call, we acknowledge the previous positive action, we outline what's going to happen. We want to do the same thing at the end of our sales call. Hey, thanks for joining me on today's call. This is what's going to happen now. Thanks for signing up. This is what will happen now. Hey, it's not the right fit for you. This is what's going to happen now. Right? Totally. Right? We still want to acknowledge and then pre-frame the next step. Right? And the more we do that, the more we're deliberately and systematically moving people through our sales process. Yeah. So let's recap, Tim. Number one, and I think that this was a really beautiful way that to start is to own being that salesperson, to really understand that we're here to, to sell, not in a sleazy car salesman way, like you said, but to help our prospects solve the problem. So own that sales process uh, and then moving into that pre-qualification, whether that's um, a triage call like I do or whether that's a questionnaire like Tim does, that to get that pre-qualification is super important. Uh, the next piece is acknowledging how they got there. So that why me, why now piece, really important. And then from there, it's where to walking your prospect through from where they are now, where they want to be and stretching that gap between the, the two, both with the actions that they are taking or need to take and the inaction, what could get in the way and then stepping them through exactly what it is that you do so that they can understand the transformation Set the expectations and listen, shut up. <laughs> I looked at Tim funny that I'm like, this feels really weird to say this on a podcast. <laughs> it is, but you've got to, let, you've got to let your customer talk. Absolutely. All right. Now, I think just as a sort of passing thought there, it takes practice. It does take practice. You're not, you're not going to get this right the first time or the second time or the third time. Um, don't be afraid to find someone in your network, even one of your kind of strategic partners, and practice, right? Do some role play. Pick someone in your team and role play. It's okay to do it. I also advocate just actually sort of writing this process down right? yeah. so that you know exactly also what you need to do. I've got a question there. I've got a question there. I've got to tick these boxes as you go through. Yeah. You don't necessarily tick them all, but if you've got kind of a structure and Sam, I know that you've got a sales worksheet that you use when you go through calls. Um, I've got the same thing and it literally, it even has little prompts in each of the boxes to say, if yes. I haven't answered something in this particular box, I need to ask one of these questions, right? So you don't get the cotton mouth. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, sort of question, right? But you've got a process that you can go through and it's going to adapt, right? You don't need to stick to it absolutely religiously because I tell you what, if you've ever seen a sales process that's been like that and it's gone, it's scripted and it's like, it's, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty horrible to be on the receiving end of. Absolutely, because you're not listening to the prospect. So yeah. using that template to flow in the way that it needs to go rather than, oh, hang on a minute, prospect, you didn't make the right, you didn't give me the right answer there, it's not following my script. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. Absolutely. So just practice it. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. And and turn it into an experiment. Have fun with it. Don't put huge expectations on yourself to make the sale. Just have fun. And funnily enough, when you have fun, it will just work better anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And do it more. Like, you know, you seriously, you should be spending a, a significant amount of your time working your marketing and sales. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Tim, what have we got coming up next week? Exciting! Oh, there's just tons of excitement. <laughs> Yay! All right, no, we've got. Uh, we're going to go into content pods. Yes, and right. we said a few weeks ago that we were going to do content pods, and forgot. <laughs> So we are definitely doing content pods next episode. Yeah, this is one of uh, both you and I use content pods pretty extensively um, as part of our marketing strategy. And they're really a fantastic way of, I guess, putting your marketing on steroids in many ways. Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. We're gonna, if you don't know what a content pod is or you'd like to find out more content pods, tiny tune in for our next exciting installments of the Fort Business Podcast. <laughs> Love it. If you've got some inspiration from today's episode or some good information even, we'd love you to share the podcast, share it on your socials, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you are, LinkedIn maybe, and give us a like, give us a comment, and we would really appreciate that. Been great hanging out here with you again, Tim. Always is. Fantastic. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Ciao, ciao. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.